0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. It's a new year. Who's excited? Are we excited? Are we ready? You know, God's actually got something in this year that, that, that can change the way that we view life, can change the way that we do life. God is something in this year that's going to build us to be better, stronger and more able to go into everything that he has planned for his church. Who believes that? We've got to get our expectations from the first Sunday in January that God is going to do immeasurably more than we could ever hope, dream or imagine. That God is actually in this year. In fact, He wasn't just in this year, He was in last year and He has been working together for the good of those who love Him. And I I know sometimes we get discouraged. Some, Some of us last year had an amazing year. Some of us last year had a terrible year. I'm preaching to two different types of people. But the same result is that God is working together for the good of those who love Him. So despite what last year looked like, it's about what this year is going to be. You see... Today I want to talk to you about cutting edge, the cutting edge. I believe that God has called us, God has called you and me to be cutting edge people in a cutting edge church. That we aren't just occupying this space for no reason, but we're occupying this space in Gilston, in Narang, in Ormo for such a time as this. That what we do and how we do it will start to cut things down that have been erected against God, that have been placed against His kingdom in this world today. You see, we need to start to look at the world around us and we realize one thing. When we look at statistics like suicide rates in Australia have some some of the highest suicide rates in the world. When we look at family breakdown or relationship breakdown, when we look at the struggles in our world, one thing is very, very clear, that we're not big enough yet that the church of Jesus Christ is not big enough, influential enough, or powerful enough yet, but we need to start to get on board with everything he is doing. And I'm not talking about buildings, I'm talking about people. I'm, talking about not, I'm not talking about bigger buildings, I'm talking about bigger people. From the inside out, something would start to break open in our hearts that breaks for the world around us. I love, I love David's prayer, God break my heart for what breaks yours. Something amazing happens in the hearts of mankind when we allow ourselves to be broken for what breaks God's heart. Hungry children breaks God's heart. The impoverished breaks God's heart. Slaved breaks God's heart. Addicted breaks God's heart. But when we allow our hearts to be broken, which is an extremely vulnerable place, it is only then that we can be the solution to the world's problems around us. See, I believe that it is time for us to become bigger and better and stronger in God. And guess what? It does not matter what this year looks like. We don't know what's going to happen. But one thing we do know is that God is good. And He is good in every season, in every way. And He is working together for the good of those who love him? So, the challenge for us is: Are we willing to become people who are who are able to grow and go into everything that God has for us? Are we willing to be people who really are willing to do the hard, hard work and say, "God, break my heart again"? Because you know the one thing I've gone, I've gone to India, India a few times. The first time I went, it was shock and horror, culture shock. If you've been to a third world country, you know that. The second time, it's sort of worn off a little bit. The third time, it wears off that little bit more. The fourth time, it wears off that little bit more. And I remember going back there last time and I'm like, God, you need to break my heart again. Because I've become so desensitized by what I'm seeing that it's no longer doing what it should do, which requires my action on behalf. And you know, we can get so used to living in a broken world that we don't even have our hearts breaking for the people in our life or for those families. In our life, when in reality it's the breaking of our heart that causes us to get action and energy to go and be the hands and feet of Jesus. See, we are the church. It's not gonna be somebody else or some 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 other group who's going to bring heaven down to earth. It is the church of Jesus Christ. It is you, it is me, it is ordinary, everyday people who have had their hearts broken but their hope restored in God. I love this story found in two kings. In this story, the prophets, some prophets have come to Elisha and they've gone, we've seen everything you've done. You're, you've done wonders, you've fed thousands, you've healed people of leprosy, you've raised people from the dead, and we want something of what you have, will you teach us? And Elijah says, of course, yes. So he starts the school of prophets. And a little while into the journey, what happens is Elijah starts to realize with the prophets that where they are is too small. And that goes back into what I was just saying, we need to realize where we are is too small. In 2 Kings chapter 6, 1-7, to 7, It says this, the company of prophets said to Elisha, listen to this, look, that's my challenge for us today, look around the world today, look around schools and universities, look around your workplace, look around our lives and we will see that the place where we meet is too small, who we are is too small, that what we're about to do requires us to go deeper into God. They say, look, the place where we meet with you is too small for us. Let us go to the Jordan where each of us can get a pole and let us build a place there for us to meet. And he said, go. See, the first, I'm sorry about how simple and obvious this is, but the first little thing that we realized from this scripture, from this passage, is that the need to enlarge was evident. And I know that's very simple, but we can overlook the needs in our world to, to enlarge as people as to go that next step in the journey. We can overlook all of the needs in our world and get so used to and so complacent with what God is actually wanting to do. Says the company of prophets said to Elijah, look. Take a look around. Think about your life right now, At the beginning of 2021. Think about the need that surrounds your life. We're the answer. Sometimes we wait on a move of God, not realizing that we are the move of God that we've been praying for. We can pray too much and do too little. We can worship too long and not do the act of worship by living as Christ would want us to live. We can praise too much and not get, any, get anything done that's praiseworthy. You see, God is all about, and the Word says it, that faith without works is what? Dead. See, we've got to have faith, and I believe in faith. I believe in prayer. I believe in worship. I believe in praise. I love all of those things, but if they don't come down with works, then they are useless. They are just something that we do to fill time. There's no relation. There's no power in that. But when we say, "I'm willing to do the faith," but I'm also partnering with the works because I see a need and I'm going to fill that need in my world. The place where we where we are is too small today, church. Our lives are too small today. The inside of us, the the capacity with inside of us is too small today. Isaiah 54 verse 2, we'll know the scripture. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Listen to this. Stretch. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. I'm going to read that one more time. Enlarge the place of your tent. I like to say, enlarge the place of my heart this morning. Enlarge the place of my soul this morning. Enlarge the place of my mind where I've started to confine the supernatural to the natural. I've started to get used to being in the place rather than being living from heaven. I've started to get everything from a natural perspective rather than a supernatural perspective. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch. This is the part that we all hate. We all hate the stretch. We all hate the stretching out and pulling out and extending past where we've been before because it's comfortable and it's convenient just to sit and to stay. But when the church gets up, when the church says yes and amen to the call of God, it's then that we start to feel something shift in our hearts. Lengthen your cords, lengthen your love, lengthen your grace, lengthen your mercy, lengthen your passion for those around you, strengthen your belief, strengthen your stakes. Are we convinced of the need to grow? Because there's a world that's depending on us to say yes to growth and no to comfortable that saying, yes, I'm willing to go again, I'm willing to pioneer my life again, that it was, more than me. it was more than just making a decision to accept Christ and wait for heaven, it's about going and saying yes to Christ and bringing heaven down every place in this world. See, often we know what, we know what we need to do, we know where we need to go, we know what we should be doing, but often we don't ask the question of why. We need to have a strong why today, church. Why do we want to grow in God? Why do we want to grow in His Spirit, in His faith, in our, in our capacities? Why do we want to say yes again? Because without the why, it doesn't matter what, we'll never do anything. If we just rely on what, we'll know everything we should be doing, but be discouraged because we have no why to back it up. See, it's no use just doing what because we'll fade away, we'll burn out. But if I can get my why right, if I can get my why right of my friends are worth seeing in the kingdom of God, my family is worth seeing in the kingdom of God, the people, the, the people that surround this church are worth seeing in the kingdom of God, then the why is secure and the what will flow from that. We'll know what to do. See, it's time to look around and see that God is moving in front of us and we just have to say yes to jumping in with Him, that God is moving before our very eyes and we just need to say yes and amen to what He's about to do. God has more for those who pursue growth. God has more than a seat on Sunday for those who are willing to pursue growth in Him. He has something for them on Monday and on Tuesday and on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday. He has something for us when we say yes to growth. Our faith is too small, our buildings are too small, our car park is too small, our lives are too small, our mindsets are are too small, but our God, He is ever big. We need to stretch further, we need to love wider, we need to love deeper and have better grace for those around us. We need to realize that we need to dig deeper wells in His presence than we ever have before. See, I'm not talking about just physical church. When we think about this, we're thinking buildings, or we're thinking, you know, enlarging the seat capacity. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about this on the inside of our heart, that something needs to stretch this year. See, the result of last year was our ability to stretch with God. Our, the result of the past, the, previous, the past will become our future if we hold on to it, but the past will also become our future if we don't learn from it. So we don't have to look to the future to wonder what's going to happen. We just need to look to our past if we're willing to live there or if we're willing to change and go into everything that God has for us. See, there's answers if we look deeper And this year, could it be that it's time to stop going back to our past habits and our past uh, ideas and beliefs and start saying, yes, I'm going to do something new with God because I want to create a new future. 2021 will be the exact same as 2020 if we live according to 2020. But if we're willing to say yes again to the new growth that God has, then 2021 can be a new future. Amen? We must know why. We know what we need to do, but why do we need to do it? Ask God to break our hearts again. Then it says in verse three, then one of them said, won't you please come with your servants? I will, Elisha replied, and he went with them. Then they went down to the Jordan and began began to cut down trees. The second observation this morning is the increase was to require some hard work. This is where the rubber meets the road. This is where we go, I'm willing, I know my why, I know what I need to do, but this is where I need to do it. This is how I need to do it. The thing is, they actually started to cut down trees. Can you believe that? Elisha didn't need to go, come on, guys, we need to rally all the troops. We need to get everyone cutting down trees because we've got territory to take. No, they came to Elisha and they said, we need to go and do this. You can't motivate us. You can't. We're not expecting you to lead the the way. We're going to go on behalf with God and we're going to go get some new territory for the school. We're going to go get some new territory that was already ours because there's a need for it. See, they weren't worried about getting their hands dirty. And in this world that we live in, we cannot be worried about getting our hands dirty. With real people, in real messy situations, with real world problems, we need to be people who are willing to, like Jesus, to touch the unclean and be like, you know, we're gonna pray for healing. We're gonna believe with you that despite where you find yourself, we believe that God has a better way. He has a better plan. That we need to be those who extend love far greater than anyone else around us. That we should be those people who say, I'm willing to get stuff done. I'm willing to say yes, because the increase, if it's within me, is going to require some hard work. It's going to require some hard work. See, I see. I did four and a half years at McDonald's, four and a half years from the age of 14 to, what, 19, 20, and it was an experience, McDonald's. One of the things about McDonald's is when you ask somebody who's worked there how long they've worked there, they say it like prison, like prison time. Oh, how long have you been here? I've been here a year. One lady was like, I've been here 20 years. And we're like, holy moly, she's got credibility right there. <laughs> and I remember I would be like, oh, I've been here four, four years, four and a half years. And the one thing about McDonald's is that every worker in that place is what? Young. And, you know, there's, there's, it's amazing how busy somebody can look when they're doing nothing. That's one thing I learned. It's amazing how busy somebody can look when there's nothing happening. And there's, there's no work being done, but I tell you what, I, I saw it firsthand. People can look busy doing absolutely nothing. They can look busy, and it can be required of everybody else to be working, but they found that spot in the refrigerator, they've shut the door, and they're looking for something that's needed out the front. They're, they're, we can look busy, this is my point, doing nothing as the church. We can look so, so busy doing everything that looks right but really doing nothing of the hard work. We, 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 we can get good at it to a point where we start to believe that we're doing the will of God and we're doing the work of God when in reality we've just gotten busy with everything else but doing the work of God. See, we can start to feel good about doing nothing if we do it for long enough. Sometimes we would rather look busy doing completely useless tasks in order that we would not have to do the significant work that God has placed in our heart because it scares us, because it requires us to step further into Him. It requires more sacrifice. Sometimes we would rather just look busy and step away from the calling and away from the gifts and away from everything that God has planned for us because it's too hard. But those who step in, And those who are saying, God, I don't know everything. God, I don't know what the future holds for me. I don't know if I've got everything that it takes. And I'm glad I don't because your strength becomes perfect in my weakness. But for those who say that they are ready and they are willing, God will do immeasurably more. See, we like to procrastinate our progress. And we're talking about this before the service today, about those two different types of students in the world. Those who wait to the final moments to submit. And they just scram by. Yeah, Crispy, I see that hand. We'll pray for you at the end. And, and what happens is they just get by. And then there's the mature age students. And the mature age students will be three months out from the assessment. And they will be writing that thing and doing one draft and two drafts and three drafts. Let's be people who don't procrastinate our progress in God, but who are willing to say, yes, I'm ready. Do what you will in me. See, we say it a lot in Christian circles. God. Would you use me? God, my life is yours. Would you, would you use me and improve me and do wondrous things through me and miracles through me? And we all have those hopes and dreams. But what happens when God actually uses us? We come to God and we go, God, I feel used. I feel used. See, we have to be careful what we pray for. Because if we don't have our why attached, then we do feel used. But if we get, the, if we get our why right, we, we get to the point where we realize that God is using us and this is actually what God wanted to do the whole way along. And yes, it's uncomfortable. And yes, it's hard work. But it's kingdom work. And his work is worth doing. Jesus said it himself. He said, the harvest is plentiful, but the work is the few. So a lot of people... A lot of people see it. A lot of people see the need and they see the harvest and they see the communities and they see the pain and the the destruction. They see what they could be doing to help, but there's no workers around. It's too hard. You can't change anything. You can't do anything. But I wonder if 2021 could be the year that we say yes again. Say yes, God, I know there's not many workers. I can see the harvest, but I don't really know how to farm that well, but I'm coming anyway. I'm here anyway. See, each and every one of us have been given a gift. If you don't know your gift yet, ask God, pray to Him about it, start to seek Him in His presence because you have one. Each and every one of us have a talent, each and every one of us have a skill that is individual to who we are, and nobody else can fulfill what God has in your heart and what He's placed in your mind and what He's placed in your body to be able to do. We're better together, church. We're better together. We don't want to procrastinate our progress. And 2 Kings 6 chapter, uh, verse 5 says this. Now this guy I feel sorry for. This guy has said, yes, I'm willing to go, God. God, send me, use me. And he's, you know, he's on that journey. He's got his axe and he's chopping away and he's chopping away and he's chopping away. He's doing everything right. He's clearing the land. And then it says, as one of them was cutting down a tree, the iron axe head fell into the water. Oh, oh no, my Lord, he cried out. It was borrowed. Have you you ever broken something that was borrowed? It's an awkward moment, isn't it? You bring it back and you're like, can you fix it? (laughs) The man of God asked, where did it fall? When he showed him the place, Elisha cut a stick there and threw it and made the iron float. That's enough to shock you. Lift it out, he said. Then the man reached out his hand and he took it. Point number three, the axe became totally ineffective without the cutting edge. Became totally ineffective without the cutting edge. Somewhere along the journey, this man's intentions were in the right place. His actions were in the right place. He was working hard. He was doing everything he was supposed to do to extend the territory. And he lost his cutting edge. He has two things that he can do in this moment. He's just... sinks down that was the, that was the axe head floating down to the bottom mm-hmm. yeah, thank you I'll be here all week oh I've lost my I've lost my edge he has two things he can do hope no one notices So you guys going all right? Don't look at my edge. Don't look. It's fine. It's borrowed, man. You don't need to look at it. Don't look. Or he can do what he did. Stop. Wait a minute. Elisha, where's where's Elisha? Where's Elisha? There he is. Elisha, I've lost the very thing that I needed to take territory. I lost the very thing that was placed in my hands to use for the kingdom of God. I lost the very thing, and I need it back. I don't know where it is. I don't know how to get it back. And Elisha says, well, where did it actually go? He says, somewhere around here in this river. And you know, the Jordan River represents transition. So they're in a place of transition. And he goes somewhere around this place in in there. And Elisha says he gets the stick, he throws it in the water. You see, sometimes we think God takes us back to where we lost our edge to judge and condemn us when really he goes back in order to bring us into the new thing that he's doing. And he brings us back to those th- that place where we lost our edge. Maybe it was through disappointment when we prayed for somebody and we didn't see the healing. Maybe it was through you know putting our effort and our talents and our gifts into something and we got burnt from it. And he takes us back to that moment and he says, well, I'm going to bring it back forth. And we allow our edge to sink below the surface of our life and we just stand there and we go, I hope nobody notices. I hope nobody notices that I'm just hitting nothing, that I'm, I'm, try, I'm doing everything that looks right. I'm raising my hands on Sunday. I'm jumping on Sunday. I'm reading my Bible during the week. I'm praying to God. I'm doing everything that looks right. But the reality is I have no edge. And you know what you get when you have effort and no edge? Is you get burnt out. You get burnt out and you blame people and you blame God and you blame everything else when in reality God is there and He's saying, just take me back to where you lost your confidence. Take me back to the moment where you lost everything and I will bring it back. I will bring it back. What lays beneath the surface of your life today? What hopes and dreams lay beneath the surface of your life? the forgotten things that were 10 or 20 or 30 or 40 years ago that you had and you lost it and you've been running from it or you've just still kept on going, hoping that nobody notices, when in reality God's saying, you know what? I can bring that back. But for me to bring it back, let's go back to where, it's, where, where we lost it. Take me back into that emotional place. Take me back in that vulnerable place to where we lost it. If I can have the bend. Take me back so that we can go forward together. Effort without edge equals burnout. Let's not be people who just, it's not Dory, don't keep on swimming. Don't keep on swinging and swinging and swinging and hoping for the best. Let's be people who say, God, I need your help. I've lost this, I've lost my edge, I've lost that ability to be confident in my gifting, I've lost my prayer life, I've lost my devotional life, I've lost my hope in you, I've lost everything in you so that he can take us back in order to go forward. God doesn't take us back, remember this, to condemn us, but to correct us and equip us for the journey ahead. It had sunk below the surface, but Elijah was able to bring it back forth so that he could reach out and lift it up. I wonder what that would look like for us this morning. The Scripture says that he reached out and lifted it up. You know, in an atmosphere like this, we can choose to reach out in God and lift up the thing that's been destroyed or the thing that we've lost in our past, the confidence or the hope. We can choose right now in this moment to go, God, I lost this in you. I lost my hope in you. I lost the ability to believe that healings take place. I lost the heart for people. I lost the, the heart for my family. I lost the ability to believe that you could work something together in my situation. God, I lost it. And God's saying, great, take me back. Now reach out and lift up. Reach out and lift up. This morning we have a choice. Will we reach out to God? and lift up the very thing that is ours for His kingdom and for His glory. See, there's so many people in this room who have each and every one of us have a different story. And I've found myself in moments in my life where I feel a lot like this guy. And I say, well, you know, it's borrowed. We get we get we get sort of cringe and we get we get worried because we think that we're gonna be judged for something that we've broken that was borrowed and in reality all the gifts and all the talents and all this life that we have is borrowed from Jesus. And we get to this place where we start to think that he's gonna be angry or he's gonna not accept us, but all along he's saying, Just come into my presence and I'll make all things right. That there's no shame, there's nothing you could have done, there's nothing you will do that can expel you from my presence. It doesn't matter that it's borrowed gifts or borrowed time or a borrowed life. God wants us to reach out this morning and to pick it up. And I can think of no better way to begin 2021 then for us to have our edge back as a church, and then for each and every person in this room to have your edge back as you walk into this year, that despite the unknown adventures that behold us, that we would choose to be people who say, I'm walking into this year with my edge back. I may have lost it years ago. I may have lost it back then, but I'm finding it now and I'm choosing again. I'm going to have my edge in this year. I'm going to have my prayer life. I'm going to have my relationship back with God. If we could all stand in this place. I believe the Holy Spirit's already started to move in our hearts. And for many of us, as I've been speaking, if you could just close your eyes, this is between you and God in this moment. But for many of us, as I've been speaking, I just believe God's been speaking into your heart, into your direct circumstance or situation. Maybe this is exactly how you felt. Then I want to let you know that I've been there too. And I want to let you know that every person in this room, the reality is we've all been there to and today we get to make a decision whether we reach out and lift it up but ultimately we have to take God back and what we're going to do is we're going to sing one song and in this moment as we sing i want you to envision yourself i want you to get really really practical with yourself and envision yourself taking God back to the moment where you lost your passion or where you lost your hope or where you lost your joy and i want to envision yourself taking that thing back, that edge back, and lifting it out of the situation and bringing it forward with you in the future today. Because you have something on the inside of you that the church needs. You have an edge on the inside of you that the world around you needs. And it would be a shame to continue in 21 without picking it up and drawing it back into your future. So let's start to sing that hallelujah and start to envision yourself right now. Find the place where you lost that edge.